kind of just feels like it's just this time of year where uh, it's a game of musical chairs around the NHL of the executives and coaches. Yeah. I love it. And I think it's been reported a couple times. It's just like the NHL hates news dropping on like a playoff game day. So this this solid week is NHL's just catnip of just like just drop all of your news right now. And of course, I mean, a lot of stuff going on. But I mean, from a fan perspective, it's kind of it's intriguing for sure. Obviously, the Red Wings not really being a part of it. But from an outside outside perspective, it's been fun. Yeah, I love to see organizations making giant moves like right before a playoff series. I think it's kind of fun. It is, it's kind of it is chaotic. Also, before the draft right away, too. Like, you got weeks, right? Can, I don't... Is, like, Tree Living, now that he's in Toronto, is he even able to go to the draft? I don't nope. think so. Nope. They, he confirmed it in his uh, press conference that... Oh, okay. Part of, part of the... Or Shanahan confirmed it. Part of the deal with them being able to be granted access is he won't be a part of the draft. Gotcha. Which, again, I, I guess makes sense, but also it's just like, eh, I don't know. Why does it really matter? Because he could still tell them everything. That and right. I mean that and he's not really. How much does he really have to do? I mean, he's they have a pro scouting staff for, or excuse me, an amateur scouting staff for a reason. Yeah, those guys are the ones making the big picks anyway. So or really have the big influence on it. Um, but yeah, welcome to another episode of the Production Line Podcast. I'm one of your host, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And in this episode, we'll be wrapping up. The World Championships, which wrapped up this past weekend, covering some of the Red Wings that played uh, towards the back half of the tournament. Um, look at the draft. We haven't really talked too much about that, and the Red Wings have two picks pretty high in the first round. So a little deeper dive on that. Some other notes following the Red Wings, and then uh, follow up, you know, end it with some playoff talk. Um, but yeah, World Championships. Canada takes gold. Joe Valenilis, Canada takes gold. Um, unfortunately, I was rooting against them heavy. It's going to the Germans. What a boring Canadian team that was. Yeah, first of all, they would have had Jake. If they would have had Jake Wallman, that would have been a lot of fun. What player on that team is like fun to watch? I'm not glad. I was kind of happy for Lucic. Couldn't care less. Sorry. Good for him. Mackenzie, Mackenzie Weger was kind of he's kind of fun. Mackenzie Weger is a good player. I like I like Mackenzie Weger a lot. I guess um, I've always just not liked Lucic because of the Bruins, but he seems like a wholesome guy. I don't know. That is true. I, I like him more now that he's like not playing against Red Wings. Yeah, I know Buffalo fans don't. They'll never like him with him. Yeah, just absolutely. Whatever. Ryan Miller. Over. Ryan Miller deserved it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. that's that's that's, that's Michigan native Ryan Miller. That's a joke. Yeah, we don't we don't check for Ryan Miller. Uh, um, yeah. Now the Canadian team is pretty boring. That German team, though, a lot of fun. Cider ends up uh, on the all tournament team, which is uh, pretty. He had a quiet, like quiet tournament from like a production standpoint, but two assists in the final game. Yeah, I think one of them was a phantom assist. Hey, they don't they don't ask how. The they second one, how. the second one was definitely a phantom assist, but yeah, <laughs> they don't ask how. They don't ask how. It's a lot of fun. He trucked. Um, who did he truck? It was um. Why am I blanking? It was Middleton. Oh yeah, tough. Yeah, tough customer too, Jake Middleton. It was because were you watching? I watched like the end of it. It was because um, man, I can't remember who it was, but one of the forwards for Germany got ran over by uh someone through the middle on Canada, like just ran him over, and then right. the puck got turned over to Middleton, and Middleton was coming off the up the sideboards, and Cider just leveled him. It's so much fun when he hits. It's so I, much fun. He like really ups his physicality. Like as soon as like physicality picks up, like if the other team starts bringing up physicality, like you already know, like Cider's gonna lay a big hit. And he it's matches, clean too. He, he matches the style. It's generally clean too, aside yes. from his hit from behind in the World Championships. Oh my gosh! Whatever, you know, get over it. You know, is <laughs> is that legal? No, but who cares? Guy was fine. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Obviously, it was a dangerous hit, but was no, it Gaten, uh, who'd he hit? Gaten Haas? Is that who? Oiler, Edmonton Oilers legend. Gaten is that who Haas. that was? It was Gaten Haas. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. What a what he is a such a name. cool name. He does. You wish he was an NHLer just by that name. I know he could be a stud. It's just like Latvia, which is a perfect uh, segue. Casper Dogovins, like, come on. Yeah, 
There's some really, excuse me. There's some really cool names. I was, you know, as like, obviously like I was kind of rooting for the U S simply for Mazer, but I'm not gonna lie. I kind of gotten, I was hyping on the, I was hopping on the bandwagon having friends from Latvia. I was rooting for Latvia a little bit. And that's such a cool moment. Also them, like their parliament shutting down work the next day. So like an all party and over a hundred thousand people being in Riga partying for a bronze medal. Good for them. What a country. What I want to go so bad, and I I have offered like I can like my good friend shout out shout out Herbis, I have a good friend I have a good friend he wants he wants me to come I want to go really bad, I can go see Dynamo Dian- Riga that'd be sweet. But yes, super happy for the Latvians, good game too honestly. But Casey Smith let it a stinker, no T not a good one. He's a stinker. Yeah, I mean his off ice record for sure, but um. Sorry. It's okay. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I I like that I liked I liked a lot of the Red Wings performances. Again, uh Dominic Kubalik also on the all tournament roster. I mean, how couldn't he be with his Herculean effort to yeah. really push Czechia? Um, he was great. I really loved I loved that for him. Uh Carter Mazer also finishes I think goal and three assists on the tournament in ten games, which isn't like eye popping, but also is a guy who barely played pro hockey this year. Pretty impressive tournament. And uh, Derek Lalonde also had some uh, interesting comments about him in uh, Max Boltman's latest article. Uh, he had asked the question, uh, is he a guy who could challenge for rosters at some point next year, roster spot? And Lalonde, of course, will let him play out within camp. It's hard for me not knowing what we're going to do in free agency um, with the with the organization, but he's he he thinks he could potentially be ready and help him in a significant role, which uh pretty encouraging. And, uh, and it's been something we've been saying for a while. I mean, obviously we kind of did like a, we've done our percent, we've thrown our percentages, but I don't know. Like, again, do you have anything else to add on like Mazer's chances or. It's the same as it's always been. I don't know. I really don't think he said anything that really changes that. He basically is just saying that if he earns it, he earns it. But he, I think he said that he has no problem with him playing in Grand Rapids. Yeah, no, it, I mean, that's obviously the back half of that quote there. So I I I stay on 25% chance. I think I was yeah. 25 30%. Yep. No, I'm 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 with you again. Yeah. He's uh yeah. He's he does play that pro style game we really like and the the uh little things he does is a lot of fun. He does play that pro style and that would be an easy ish transition for him and he'd be able to adapt. I think adapt quicker than most guys that age mm-hmm. the only argument to that is uh how much offensive upside is there that you want to see him kind of rein in in grand rapids Good and one. learn learn to play the pro game more i mean he played six games last year yep so it's good it's a good point um as well um we had uh, the also the news William Wallinder also named one of the nominees for the Young Player of the Year, and it's not just the SHL. I believe it's all of the European Pro Leagues, uh, aside from the KHL. Is it? I think so. I don't even. Maybe I don't. I don't remember what the actual description is, but uh, maybe it's just the SHL. I, I think know. it's just the SHL. Anyway, the past two winners: uh, Elmer Soderblom and Moritz Sider. Yeah, I want to say that's just CSHL. But that'd, make, that'd make sense then if those are the last two, but um, that's coming from Ice Hockey uh, Gifts. So, good stuff there. But obviously, Wallander had a really great turn. He had a really great year. And he's going to be a really important part of Grand Rapids' blue line. He's a, surpri- he's a prospect that like the Red Wings don't have in terms of the back end. He's, he has potential to be dynamic. Yeah, I mean... He's so toolsy. Mm-hmm. There's all the potential in the world for that kid. Um, he's a guy I look at, and some things that he does, you're just like, wow. He's a lot of fun to watch, and I think there's a lot of excitement around him coming to North America full-time this upcoming year. Absolutely. Um, look for him to take a big step this year, too. Yep. Yeah, potentially with guys like Edvinson and Johansson both being in Detroit, like he could get some really big minutes in GR. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's tough for both of them to be in Detroit, but yeah, I think either way, Wallander's going to get a lot of minutes in Grand Rapids. He was already yeah. getting a lot of minutes in the two games that he played, or one game that he played. Yeah, he played. He played an insane amount of minutes. It was nuts. He also had that like right away that big rush. I remember seeing yeah. the highlights from that. It was crazy. But yeah, no, he's a he's one of my favorite prospects. I'm not gonna lie in the system right now. He's he might be top three for me because I like him so much. I see. I, I put Mazer over him. So I do love. I Carter Mazer. I think I I like Carter Mazer, but I think. Wallander might be my second favorite to, to for most excitement around after okay. Casper. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Casper. Um, but yeah, good stuff there. And um, also stay on the GR topic. Alex Tangay's name just kind of popped up there. Max Bolman kind of reported that he's heard Tangay's name around the vacancy. I know there's been reports from Friedman and uh, Merrick in terms of Alex Tangay possibly being connected to the Calgary role. I don't know how much I believe that in terms of his limited experiences as assistant coach, both in the AHL and the NHL, and not having any prior NHL head coaching. Yeah, I wouldn't see. I don't. I don't think there'd be that much interest in him as a head coach especially with the limited time even in the NHL as an assistant coach. I mean, this is his, he's coming under his third year if he sticks around as the assistant coach. So, I mean, it's not all that much. I I guess I wonder about possibly because obviously it's the Calgary connections. Would he jump ship? I mean, maybe. In the same assistant coaching role? It kind of feels like a lateral move, though. You know what I mean? It is a lateral move, but it's you're like you played there, and you played have there. connections. You have connections there. It does have connections. I don't know. There's a certain point though, like you want to get some head coaching chops, and it's a big thing. Teams really value it. Maybe that's something they bring him in to replace Mitch Love in the AHL. That could be another thing too, right? Where Maybe. Calgary looks at that because I mean, I, I, I my main thing with Tangay, it's not that I don't like Tangay. It's that there's so many internal candidates in Calgary where I'm like, they could honestly go. Like, we have Ryan Huska in the NHL, who's on their bench. Mitch Love, who won AHL Coach of the Year two years in a row now. Which kind of just feels like a natural, like, just promote him. Like, it kind of feels that way. Yeah, it's kind of weird that they would take so long with that. I know um, there there was the Bruno specul- speculation. And then right. what was what was the other speculation? It would, the Bruno one was just because of Huberto, basically, probably. Right. I, I didn't remember who I don't remember who the other one was. Oh, um shoot, he was on their bench as well. Um he's got interviewed other other places too. Oh, he filled in in the playoffs for Montreal as a head coach. Oh Kirk, Kirk Muller. Yeah. Kirk Muller is another name. And everyone seems to like him too, which I mean, hey, it's another internal candidate there for them. But... I, don't I feel like when your coach wins two years in a row. For coach of the year in the AHL, he's and where I'm at, and also a certain goalie prospect's gonna be moving up as well. And he's got, you know, his familiarity with like Peltier. younger guys like Peltier and um, Z- Zari. Which I think who else would be down there? I don't know. I don't know how long he's been there. Maybe like there, there is other guys that are younger than the roster, like yeah. Dubay or stuff like that. But I don't know how long he's been there. But anyway, yes, I think Tangay. Honestly, the, the move would make sense for both sides because I think obviously Tangay is still pretty young. If he has aspirations to be an initial head coach, I think that move would make sense to go down to GR and run a bench for a couple of years and also help the Red Wings a lot. I mean, a really good offensive mind for young guys coming in, learning that learning that way. I th- I like it for both sides. Again, oh, I still you think mean bump him down to Grand Rapids. I thought you were talking about the Wranglers. No, 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 no. You know, he's been Tangay's name's been around the, Grand, oh, the, the Griffin, Grand Rapids. Okay, Grand Rapids role. That's what Max Bowman that. reported. Gotcha. He he heard his name around that. Just because if he has aspirations to be a head coach, that would make some sense to be a head coach in That would AHL. make a lot of sense, yeah. And for the Red Wings as well, someone you're really familiar with. Even even the Wranglers, if there was... Well, yeah, I, I was kind of joking about that, but I mean, that does make some sense as well. If Mitch Love ser- moves up. Seriously, if like Love does move up and maybe some of the whispers that they're hearing about Tangay to Calgary, maybe that was with the Wranglers. If Love maybe. moves up. Maybe. You heard it here first, insiders. Yeah. 
I, I am the insider. It's not insiders. I'm the insider. We should start like a parody account that like just tweets out like random, like basically Eklund. I don't know what that is. You don't know hockey buzz, hockey rumor buzz. No, oh, he was just like he was just he still does it, but like it was really big in like 2015. Basically, I remember at one point he was like uh, Thomas Yurko to Philly for like a third round pick, and he was like, and basically he ranks like these rumors on like a scale of like E one being the lowest, and then E nine is like it's gonna happen. It's like an E five for Thomas Yurko to Philly. Oh my god. This was a bit I I'm I'm getting inspiration like Steve Dangle did it on his podcast where like he created Smart Insider Man and basically at one deadline it was like 2018 he started just ripping off a bunch of them and started tweeting out random shit. It was so funny. But yes, I want to bring I want to bring that style back cuz I think it's fun. Especially now on Twitter where like nobody's verified. So you could really just throw out stuff like that per- that fake person who got Saravali a couple weeks ago. That was that was bad. I hate that stuff, I'm not going to lie. It's no, I know. It's awful. Cause it was like the Saravali was like do du- it was like the Dubis um oh yeah it was like um Shanahan turned down a Dubis trade for Tage Thompson in like 2021 for a fifth round pick or something like that and Saravali was like this is really not what I said ever and yeah. uh so Frank had to buy a verification so people know who it is so Frank had to pay for Twitter so he didn't get he didn't get buzzed like that ever again which yeah sucks, which sucks because I know Friedman doesn't have. He doesn't have a verification right now either, which like he's just a name that automatically will just get the fake ones. Yeah, which sucks. But um, yeah, obviously talking tongue in cheek. But yes, I Eklund is a is an interesting like one, especially like back in the day when like I was like first on Twitter. He was he was a really popular one, popular, really a popular one to make fun of. I should say. Um, I kind of want to go into the meat and potatoes of the episode. We've kind of been neglecting the draft a little bit. We've talked a lot about everything else. And I feel like we we've can... been neglecting it on the podcast, not not off, in, yeah. Off the in air. off off the air, we talk about the draft all the all the time. But in terms of doing like a full on segment on the podcast, just simply for the fact like we we've been doing like we've been reading a lot about the prospects, but in terms of us watching a bunch of film, we're not there. You know, before we hop into that, you know, one thing that drives me insane. So, like, when you look at, like, the the NFL compared to the NHL, the NFL, the way they host the draft, like, they'll have day one on, like, Thursday night at, like, let's just say 7 p.m. I think that's what it was this year. They'll have day two Friday night, which day two for the NFL is just rounds two and three awesome right could you imagine if the nhl does day one thursday night seven o'clock day two friday night rounds two and three so like there's a lot of people like want to watch rounds two and three but they don't want to watch rounds four through seven i'm not one of them i for some reason when i watch a draft i want to watch the whole damn thing which is ridiculous i know but for no apparent reason, I like to watch the whole thing. <laughs> um, but then they would host like rounds four through seven on like Saturday, middle of the afternoon. Wouldn't that be a lot nicer? Like, why are they hosting? I want to say it's Wednesday night at seven is round one. Uh, I think it is. Yeah, you're right. And Thursday afternoon is rounds two through seven. And that takes like six or seven hours. Dude, it's such a long it, I think I remember last year it started at like eleven last year, day two, and it finished at like five o'clock. Cause I remember like six hours. It was like six hours. I think the 2021 draft. Oh my god, that one was so bad. That one was really bad, but you know No, what? no, no. The 2020 draft was actually worse because it was all through like Zoom. And yeah. teams were taking so long. It took like eight hours, I believe. So and, uh, I think I only think I watched like the first two rounds of 2020, but me too. Me too. The 2021 draft, I watched the whole thing. I was laid up in my bedroom because I had uh I had COVID. Oh, um God. so I watched like seven hours of the NHL draft. <laughs> Just um Brian Lawton trying his best to know what these kids' names are. Because it was oh NHL Network. It was, it was miserable, but I yeah. can't believe I, I just stayed like that for that long. 
But yeah, yeah, that I think would be awesome if they changed that to like something similar what the NFL does. Like rounds two through three would be like awesome on like the day after. And then it's not in the middle of the day when most people are working too. Well, I mean, it would be nice if they just like, I, I understand the NHL really like loves their July 1st being day one of free agency, but like, I don't know, you could push it back a couple of days. It's going to be so electric though. To be it is going to be a lot of fun. That, and I guess maybe they didn't do it simply with the fact that it like 4th of July and the States are coming up Yeah, a couple of days later. So I mean, it's really sense. pushing it. So I, I get it. But like, I don't know. Maybe it's just awesome. Or move or move the draft up. I actually how, can't do that. Cause how else, glued to like a TV slash my phone I'm gonna be on that Wednesday night, Thursday afternoon, and then Saturday all day free agency. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna be the most insufferable person. I will not move. I will I, not move. I'm not gonna move either. Bad. Okay, kind of off topic, but like um before we get into like the big topic but uh did you see in 2025 green bay is getting the nfl draft and how big of an impact yeah. it's gonna have on the hotels i read an article that our 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 area in the upper peninsula are bracing for the hotels being full yeah probably <laughs> like they're like in delta county they're like uh we have a thousand rooms roughly and we expect them most of them to be full well if you think about it like It'll probably go at least. I don't. I don't know how impacted like Delta County will be for, for sure. But at least it's gonna go south like an hour and a half. Like oh yeah, a- Appleton's gonna be booked for sure. Oh, that's yeah, that was, it's gonna that's go. It's gonna go down to Oshkosh for sure. Oshkosh mm-hmm. gonna be booked, and yep. it might go as far back as Fond du Lac. Yeah. And then it could go up to Door County. I, there's not that many hotels in Door County. No, it's it's gonna go every which way, dude. I want I want to know how, how much those rooms are gonna be. Yeah, is it's like the off it's like the uh, the episode in the office where Michael Scott books like the the Olympics in Vancouver like three years prior. Yeah, and then like <laughs> wants to like cancel them or whatever. I forget like I forget like the whole aspect of it, but it's something like that. That's what I think of. Those there's like rental rentals across from Lambeau Field. Mm. Those I wonder what the price tag on those are going to be per oh night. Oh my god! Because I know insane. The, like the price on those. If you're just a couple of like losers who just like love the NFL draft, I'm not saying I'm saying losers in an endearing way. Like I love the NFL. Like I draft. I'm a loser and I love the NHL draft. And I'm I would could, like I would do I would NFL do so, I would I would do something stupid like that as well. But like if you and like your ten buddies just like. Bucked up and just like paid like however much however much it is a night like let's say you're each of you are paying like two hundred bucks a night, you know what I mean? Like you just just do it. Well, some of those houses are crazy too. Like yeah, even even the smaller ones they have like five bedrooms. And That's what I'm like, saying they have like they just have uh two twin beds in them. Like yeah, they're just, just a couple of you and just, your buddies. They're, they're literally rentals for like people from out of state that are like Packer fans. It's some of them are crazy too. That's funny. That's funny. But yeah. All right. Well, anyway, off the NFL talk and uh, their superior marketing and how they run an, a, a draft. Lions run the North. It's true. It's true. Book You're it here first. Book it. Um. But yeah, NHL draft 2023 Red Wings with pick nine and 17. This kind of my, my little thing here kind of got um, inspired by Mr. Barry Trotz. In his comments in kind of his first first like actual week on the job because he's kind of was just kind of advice like he was kind of just, just training on the job for a while but basically he made a comment when asked about the draft he told his scouts to make a swing for players that will take the fans out of their seat he says i can get third and fourth line players no problem you focus on getting the top end talent and i love that and I kind of like I've been thinking like in terms of like draft philosophy, like the Red Wings pass and stuff like that under Eiserman is kind of like what direction the Red Wings should and will take this year. I think aside from like 2021 and the second first round pick with Kosa, the Red Wings really haven't taken their swing until the second round. Uh, Edmondson's a swing. Edmondson's a bit of a swing, but like I think everyone knew he's going to be an NHL player, but like Wally it was a swing. Drew, Wally That's what I'm saying. A, was a really high second round pick. Yeah, but a big swing. 
know what I mean? Like guys like Wallinder, I also like Tuomisto was a big swing, but I mean that one hasn't really. Cider was yet. a big swing, but he already no his he was he had a high floor. Uh, taking him at six though, that was a pretty big swing. Big and, swing, but like I'm I'm talking like where they're like everyone was like yeah, most Cider's gonna be like a, a number a really good number four defenseman, but like obviously he turned out being a top pair guy. Yeah, right? I guess. So that's kind of what I'm. That's kind of where I'm at. Because again, like, there's plenty of guys in the draft where everyone's like, "Yeah, they'll be a really good like middle six forward or like a really good number four. But then they have the guys where like there's a, some big range on them. You know what I mean? Like, hey, they couldn't make it, but also they could be a top line player, right? Yeah. And where they're at with the Red Wings and missing the top end talent, it's a really interesting kind of dilemma. Like in terms of team building, I don't know if you have any like thoughts on like how they should handle it heading into it. <sighs> I'm always like BPA. Like, I don't think it really should matter. Positional need, unless, like, right now, if you're telling me that a left handed defenseman is the best on the board, and there's no one even close to this left handed defenseman, I'm going to argue with you because there are so many left handed defensemen in the prospect pool right now. And there are some really, really good forwards. So, like, in the first round, there should be no taking left-hand defensemen. That's my only draft philosophy. I'm going to freak <laughs> out. Or a goalie. There's no goalies that should go in the first round. Yeah. that's No true. goalies. Um, no goalies. Uh, but, no, I just think best player available, basically. I think... It's not taking a swing necessarily if you do think it's like the best player. Granted, there are guys with a lot of upside that some people don't think will pan out in the NHL. Um, yeah, yeah the, the names that's I, the swing. That's the, the names I think of are like a Gabe Perot, like a Zach Benson kind of thing. I don't think Zach pick. Benson is a swing. I don't think either, but like. I don't know if, like, again, we'll talk about like Corey Promen's mock draft, but I he's think, falling down the list hard. Yeah. Zach Benson's really intriguing to me because I think he's not obviously completely similar, but like he's a little bit similar to like Lucas Raymond. He has better playmaking ability, in my opinion, but yes. Yeah, and his shot's not as good. Um, right. Yeah, that, that exactly. But I would say they have similar. They have a rhyme to their game for sure. Yeah. Um, Benson's they, also like he's really reliable in his own end too. I know Raymond's a, Raymond Raymond's good, but like I think I think Benson's like really good in his own end. Benson's such a hard worker. I love Benson. I do too. I don't think he. I know. I don't think he really falls on draft day. Really, I I would be surprised if he makes it past fifteen. I would there's be as so well. Much, there's so much there to love. I would be as well, especially because fifteen. I don't know. I don't know. If you know, picks at fifteen, but uh, Barry Trotz picks at fifteen. <laughs> there are <laughs> a lot of guys I'm looking at at fifteen. I'm like that has that's Barry Trotz music all over it. <laughs> there are like five guys right there that I'm like Barry Trotz, Barry Trotz. Yeah, right. So they're uh, they're gonna take some. That draft is gonna be fun for Nashville this year. I'm excited to kind of watch. I know Corey Pronman had them taking Simashev. That I like Simish. I like Simishev. That has Barry Trotz music all over it. I like Simishev a lot too. And if he wasn't a left-handed defenseman, I I would love that. Him is <laughs> that's the only left-handed defenseman probably that'll go in the first round. Um, there's a good chance. Yeah, him and Guliyev. Guliyev. Yeah, I think he's he, actually projected like a lot later because of his size. He could. He could still go. He's he's got a lot of potential. And then yes. there's um. Tanner Molendyk from he, he's pretty good late late first uh Saskatoon Saskatoon yes um he could go late first none of those guys are going to Detroit no unless it's day two unless it's day two unless it's day two but no uh yeah like again like a Gabe Pro is kind of a name that I think of and he's been rising way high he scares me personally lot simply for yeah the fact how that, how high do you want to take a game pro i know i would i personally for me i'm not taking my nine would you trade up for him if he's still there at like let's say buffalo wants to trade back they don't like anybody 
at maybe 13. i could see i could talk myself into it okay i don't hate it i, I like trust me i like the player like i think i or have pittsburgh wants to dump a contract and Jeff Petrie. they want to trade back from 14 to 17 and tag on a contract yeah yeah definitely so let's say you're pulling like a uh, Gabe Pro and uh Dalbert Dvorsky. Very good draft. That's not bad. You're taking Very a swing. Good draft. Swing at a guy that can be could end up being if he can be anything like he was for the NTDP team. Uh that's okay. And then Dalbert Dvorsky playmaker. looks like he's going to be an NHLer. He has a high yeah. floor. High floor. He's a lot like Marco Casper, but a better shooter. He they're similar in the the sense that they have really high floors. Mm-hmm. And I would say they have different differing play styles, but also like I feel like Dvorsky finds open space so well for like he gets to scoring areas really easily, which is yeah. a really good thing, a really good trait to have. I really like him. I'm a big fan of Dvorsky. He's he's right in that range for me. Like I'm, he's one of my preferred picks at nine. If he's there at nine, and Ryan Leonard is not there at nine, Dvorsky yeah. might be my favorite pick. Him, Oliver Moore, Zach Benson, kind of like that area. I would go. Leonard, then Dvorsky, um, Benson, and then I'm kind of at a standstill with other players right now. Those are my. Th- I think there's a chance Oliver Moore drops too. I think Oliver Moore is not going to go that high. I'm a big fan of Oliver Moore. Personally. I think he goes more around Detroit's second pick, which I mean, hey. I'm good. I'm good with it. I'm, I'm almost with... throwing like Matthew Wood in there. People really like Matthew Wood. I don't I'm know how gro- I feel about he's, him. He's grown on me. I'm still. I like him. He's still like top fifteen. I think for me, maybe top twenty in that range. Like he's around the range of Detroit's second pick for me. Like I'm comfortable with. Has a lot of size. He put up big numbers at a really good school this year, and he's got a really good shot. I don't love his skating. Skating's not great, but worries me about the pace. But he's, pro- he's, he's produced again, every single place he's gone. Yes, and to put up those to- numbers in college hockey for UConn as the youngest player in college hockey is pretty telling. Yeah, no, it's it. Trust me, he's, he's and he's player. not playing with a stud on his line like Gavin Brindley. Had a shit ton I of points. Love I, I love G- Gavin Brindley. Like, I'm not trying to bash Gavin Brindley right here because I am such a Gavin Brindley fan, and I would be so okay if somehow, some way, the Red Wings traded up into the end of the first round and took Gavin Brindley. They have the assets. Aw- they have the assets. They have the assets, and I think he's an awesome player. But if you compare his stats to Matthew Woods, kind of similar, mm-hmm. but Matthew Wood doesn't have Adam Fantilli on his line. True. That's a good point. Good yeah. point. UConn was really good this year. They're they're one of the top teams in in the hockey East. So yes. So he did have players to play with, but again, not the high end NHL prospect. I mean, so, yes. I can't even think who was the other player on that line from Winnipeg. Uh, he played oh, for um, he played oh for Rutger McGordy. Yeah, he played for Honey Baked. Yeah, Rutger McGordy. I couldn't think. I watched him play U15. He's pretty he's pretty good player too. I watched him play U15s. He was not bad. He was really good in your fifties. It's funny seeing like guys you like played against in like AAA or whatever. And I didn't like, play against him. I just watched him play. Well, watched him play. Like we're in the same yeah. tournament or whatever. I know our our AAA teams. We were never in the we were never in the good side of the tournament. We were always playing the lower teams. Uh, yeah, watching Colt Caulfield play before me. That yeah. was that was a time. <laughs> Humbling. Humbling. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, but no, I, again, I think it's just such a, again, Detroit's just such an interesting spot. Again, I think they could even trade up with the second first pick. You know what I mean? Like, I know Vancouver's kind of been rumored to 
be looking to move down because they're not. I guess they're not crazy about anyone at eleven, which crazy to me because I think there's plenty of really good players at eleven. Um, there are a I know, lot of good players, and I know a guy who this is confirmed that Eisenman went to go see, uh, in the playoffs for their the WHL playoffs with Samuel Hansik, who is a very interesting player. Um. And he okay for starters, he's he's a player that the Red Wings don't have in their system. A really big winger who does a lot of good things. Michael you know Rasmussen mean? was not drafted as a winger, but I get what you're saying. Yes, I think Hansik has a little higher ceiling than Michael Rasmussen at this point. But you know who knows? But no, Hansik Hansik's a good player. I, I, he's grown on me a lot. Hansik has personally. Um, I don't I don't like him at nine, but like at seventeen, I like him. And if you want to trade up for him, I get it. But yeah, he's a, he's another name I find I find interesting. Yeah, especially, he's especially, especially playing on a really not great Vancouver team, Giants, and putting up really good numbers for playing on a not great Vancouver team. He's a guy that if they took at seventeen, I'd be really happy. Mm-hmm. Yep, me too. Would I be really happy if they took him at nine? No, but would I be really really upset? Also, no. There's not just, many guys. There's not many guys where I look at at nine and I'm like, I really hate this. Uh, S- Simashev. <laughs> I would question some things. I would question some things. I love but, the player, but dude, I don't. I don't know. I, again, I wouldn't be like, come on. Like, I wouldn't be like super pissed. I'd be like, this is in, this is intriguing. If Matvey Mitchkov falls to nine, will you? Would you take him? Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't even blink. I would if I'm if I'm Chris Draper if I'm Chris Draper I'm knocking out Steve Eisen before he even tells him what to do. <laughs> Chris Draper sprints up there. The easy thing to do, I think, like ideally, if Mitchkov were to fall to nine, which I don't think he'll get past Washington, no matter. No, what. No, he doesn't get past Washington. There's no way. If he were to get past Washington, I don't even know if he gets past like Philly. I I could see them taking a swing. I think Philly takes a D or uh, a center. Maybe. That'd be kind of hectic for them in their first draft together just to take Mitch Goff. Would be. I think also, like, Keith Jones kind of really pumping up the defense. Makes me think they're not going to take a defenseman. Well, I mean, the- I don't know. I think it. I think it's important. I think he's right that it's important to build to the blue line. You know what I mean? And if you look at Philly's pipeline, like, not really that much. They don't have a lot of no. anything, though. Besides Cutter Gauthier, who's uh, really, really the, good. The Ronnie Attard and Cam Shout York dis- disrespect is crazy right now. Ronnie That's Attard. I'm going crazy. Fellow who's teammate. The, of, who's the other? My fellow he, fellow uh, a team team Michigan teammate, Ronnie Attard. Uh, tire pump. He was way better than me. And Igor uh, Zamala. Yeah. No, I, I, again, they have. I like Cam York a lot. Ronnie Attard is uh, he's a he's a good solid player maybe he's a bottom six guy or bottom bottom pair guy but in terms of like and Rasmus Bristol line and he's high oh, that's a good that's a good point plays net front on the PP um I forgot about that that's a that's some insane shit also, especially when they're trading it sounds like they're gonna trade pro try to put trade pro off this year too you know what I mean it's so easy though like if Mitchkov were to fall to nine and let's say there's another player you really like that you know for sure, there's a lot of certainty behind. It's you, so you easy. take the swing of nine, and you just go, yeah. You just use a bunch of assets to trade up. Oh, trade Let's, up for Mitchkov, like you? No, you no, 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 no. Oh. I'm I'm saying if Mitchkov were to fall to nine, mm-hmm. and let's say you had your mindset on another player, but Mitchkov is still there at nine somehow. You take Mitchkov, and then you use that. Let's you, say you wanted Hanzek a lot. Yeah, you try to like you, you 11, don't think he, 12, you don't, whatever. Let's say you don't think he's gonna make it to seventeen. Yeah, trade up. Why not trade up? Like three second round picks, you can make something work. Yeah, easy. Especially, I mean, I mean, compared to like the Kosid trade, right? Because that's where the Red Wings traded up for a pick. They traded from twenty three to fifteen with picks. Uh, obviously, with picks twenty three and it's like someone, I think it was like forty eight and another pick. I think. Wasn't yeah. a second. It was like a second and a fourth along with their pick. So there's your kind of comparison. And probably a little bit more considering it'd be it's, it'd be more since it's gonna be like 17 to 11. If you're trading with Vancouver, 17 to 11 is gonna be a lot more. But I mean, I but think there's it's also still, stuff you could take back from Vancouver too. 
Yep. That Vancouver, I don't know what the plans are exactly, but there's a realistic scenario where Vancouver is trying to get rid of assets to move back. Let's say, like, yeah. i.e. Tyler Myers. Connor Garland. Connor Garland. I don't think they would attach Brock Besser with a number 11, but who knows? Yep. And I don't think, I don't know. You'd have to give stuff back for Connor Garland, in my opinion. Not a whole lot, but they just yeah. probably want to get out of that contract, which, in my opinion, is not that bad of a contract. I don't think he's a very bad player. It's a fair deal. They just have shitty contracts everywhere else. Yep. If they didn't have Oliver Ekman Larson on their roster, I don't think anyone makes a peep about Connor Garland's contract. They could have Dylan Gunther, but instead they have Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh, I mean, they wouldn't have Garland, but I mean, you wouldn't have all American Larson. So I mean, kind of weigh the balance with with. Well, I mean, they're there. trying to get rid of Garland right now. So yeah, so obviously, what but, a great uh, deal. <laughs> Good stuff. No, um, yeah, like are are there any other names you're kind of circling at seventeen nine? We kind of covered nine a few weeks ago. I think we kind of just made it. We also just said it again. Like, if you want to name first, let's name your nine uh, at nine. Who your kind of preferred options? My preferred options that are reasonable. Leonard would be my highest preferred, but the likelihood of him going before nine are pretty high right now. Yeah, um, he's like a ten percent chance, I think. And I think Ryan Leonard's a pretty Detroit type pick. Um, yep. I think after that, I'm getting into Dvorsky territory. Um, I'm a huge fan of Benson as well. I would say Dvorsky, Benson, Tom Willander. I'm a huge fan of, and he keeps growing on me. Watching him at the U18 Worlds, he was just dominant, and he was Sweden's best defenseman. Um, and I like Axel Sandin Pelica, but if the Red Wings were to take him, I'd be more so on him at 17. I think there's a chance he's there at 17. I don't think there's a chance Will Anders there at 17. No. Um, so I would say in order, Dvorsky, Benson, Will Ander, and then... Honestly, Gabe Pro. Okay. Would be my fourth. Okay. I don't hate it. I'm somewhere like, I think I go Benson first. I'm not even counting Leonard simply for the fact I don't think he's going to be there. Going to go Benson one. I really love Zach Benson. I think he, I don't really give a shit about his size considering he doesn't, he plays like he doesn't give a shit about it. He doesn't, (laughs) he doesn't care about his own size, dude. Like he's such a good player. He'd immediately become the most talented player in the whole the whole Red Wings organization. He'd be up there for sure. Yeah, it easily. Um, I have him like very high. Like I, I would honestly, if I'm at like five, I would consider him. That's how like high I am on him. I think he would be my sixth best player in the draft. Yeah, but I think Dvorsky is just really, really solid. And, and I, I like Dvorsky's number two for me. Personally. They're they're kind of like. Neck and neck for me. For like, I, uh, yeah, I'm still a big Oliver Moore guy. I'm a big believer in Oliver Moore. I like him a lot. Um, I'm nervous about Gabe Pro. I'm not. I'm not the biggest Gabe Pro guy. I like him. I like him at 17 a lot more. Um, yeah, I'm trying to like think who else like I really like. Jaeger, I like Jaeger, but I like him at 17. I don't really love Jaeger at nine. I like Jaeger at 17 too. Um, I honestly would have Hanzek over more for me. Hanzek, really? might, be, Hanzek might be my number five guy after really? Perot. I really like Perot, and I think he's going to be um, an NHLer. I think uh, so too. Again, uh, he's he's I, at swing I'm talking about. If they take the swing at nine on Gabe Perot, I'm like, okay, we're going. Like, we're going. All right. I think. If if you want to take a swing at nine and then like even get like a, I don't know if Nate Danielson would be there at seventeen, but like a guy like I don't that, think he's gonna be there. I don't think he's gonna be there either. But even a guy that you think is gonna be, like a good NHLer, he's kind of my high floor guy that I kind of point to that everyone yeah. really seems to like. I like Nate Danielson a lot. I think he's gonna be a really good player. But like, yeah. it's the question is the offense, and again, it's kind of the same question as Marco Casper last year. They're very similar players. Because Danielson, I, I honestly like Danielson's. I, I honestly, the more I think about it, he's very similar. Yeah, very really fast. 
he had some good skill, but he didn't really produce. And it was an or he's an older birthday, which I mean that wasn't Casper's case, but it was an older birthday in the WHL and didn't really put up numbers. But he yeah. was also on like the worst team in the WHL. So you kind of question. He was also a captain, which is kind of a big deal. Teams really like that. But I'm a big I'm a big fan of Danielson. I would he'd be a guy I'd be interested. In. Like, hey, if you want to trade up for him, I mean center, right-handed shot. Valuable, right? Me too. Um, but yeah, no, I think those would kind of be my guys. And then at 17, um, a guy who would be a swing pick for me, Daniil Boot. Six yeah. five, like two ten. He's, He's a big wild card. He's a big wild card considering like the Russian factor, right? But I mean, if you want to take that swing, six five winger who can skate and shoot is pretty hard to come by. He would kind of be one that I'm looking at recently. Matthew Wood is another guy, obviously another big boy. Um, Simashev, interesting. David Edster might be a swing too. I know. I'm kind of hoping he drops the second round personally, but I don't. I don't. Think I, don't, he I, don't, does. I, don't I don't think he does either. I don't think he does either. I'm still uh, a Quentin Musty stand too. He's I good. think he's a good player. I like um, Quentin Musty. I think at 17, I'm really looking at Braden Yeager. Uh, he kind of would be my guy. I think Braden Yeager and Hanzek would be like neck and neck for me. And then if somehow, I just think there's so much upside with Yeager and the playoff that he had in the WHL was so good. Well, he's dynamic, right? Yes. I don't think he's, he's a center. I don't think he's a center in the NHL, but you still take the swing on the his high end. Ability, he's explosive. Right? He's explosive and he can really shoot. The Red Wings don't have much explosiveness aside from no. Larkin. Yep. Yep. That's kind of where, again, I don't like, there's not many, like, say, like, even at nine, like, I, if, if, I, I don't think I would, in my ideal world, I don't think I'd want Will Lander to be that pick. So, honestly, in theory, like, I don't think the Red Wings should pick a defenseman in the first round. Unless Sandy and Pelica's there at 17 and there's like, all your other best player availables are there. I think Sandine Pelica is a really good defenseman. Yep. I agree. Um, I agree with that. But I mean, like, you look at explosive players in the draft, and I'd argue, like, I would say Bedard's obviously explosive. Fantilli's obviously explosive. Mitch Cobb's explosive. I don't know that I, I – I would say I could argue that Carlson's explosive. That's four. Will Smith is explosive. I would say Braden Yeager might be the next most explosive player in the draft. Overmore. Overmore is not as explosive. Like, he's fast, but he doesn't have, like, the hands and shot package that Braden Yeager has. I don't know. I, I always think of – I look at I look at Overmore, and I'm like, Dylan Larkin. He's not yeah, Dylan Larkin. They're different players. I think Dylan, they're different, but, like, a, Dylan a, it's a similar has, style. Similar story in the sense they of – They have what, foot speed. That's they the foot similar. speed, and they were buried on a good US NTDP team. Yes, I just I don't see the package that Larkin necessarily has. Um, I honestly like I like Oliver more, and I think he's going to be an NHLer. To what extent, I'm not sure. I just don't know that the the tools are as good as like. Like the hands and the shot package, mm-hmm. right? But I don't consider him explosive. His speed is explosive, but not his game. Like Braden Yeager jumps off a screen when he's on. That's exciting. Even like Zach Benson, I wouldn't say his game is explosive. He's just so damn smart. Yeah, it's kind of like the the knock He on actually him. reminds me of Lucas Raymond. Zach Benson, yeah, I know. Well, um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't mind having two Lucas Raymonds. I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Um, I know Pronman, who we'll talk about a little bit here, because I, I kind of like he's quickly kind of become one of my favorite draft guys. He's the best draft guy that there is. Yeah, and um, he's kind of been comparing Gabriel Perot to Lucas Raymond in terms of foot speed, playmaking ability, stuff like that, and play play off the wall. That's kind of been his comparison. I I kind of think more Zach Benson as well, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess either one would be a pretty good comparison. I think Zach Benson more so, but um, Perot, he doesn't have the speed that Benson has. 
But when Raymond turns it on, he has a lot of speed. Gabriel, Gabe Pearl kills players with his brain on the yeah, offensive really, side of the puck. He's a really smart Yeah, Raymond's a better player. shooter for sure. But Gabe Pearl is such a – he's such an elite passer. He almost he's, gives me – he's almost like Jonathan Huberto a little bit. That's a really good comparison. In the sense of how well – and again, like I like Gabe Perot a lot. I just yeah. That might be the best he, comparison I've heard for Gabe Perot. Yeah, Huberto's not exactly like a burner at all. Like he's not like, like he's a fine skater. Huberto's not a burner. He's got really good hands. Yeah, and Gabe he Rose has is. an elite, elite offensive mind in the offensive zone. Gabe Pro, yeah. good hands, not the best skater, elite, elite offensive mind, and both not great defensively. Yep, exactly. Both could honestly give give another shit about the defense and. To be honest, Huberto actually isn't horrible. Like, I mean, he penalty killed for Florida. Yeah. Um, but their penalty kill was also really offensive. <laughs> yeah, but, like, also, like, I guess you have to be in the right spots and stuff like that and also still be able to read plays. But yeah, for sure. Granted, granted, I get your point. I really like that comparison, actually. Thank you. Um, um, you can read my next uh, draft ranking on the, yeah. the whole NHL 23 draft later. I will not do that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it. I would not recommend it. But yeah, no, there's so many interesting um guys too. I mean, like a guy like Riley Height too. You know what I mean? Like is another like guy late late first. He, you know what I mean? That's he interesting. He might fall the second round. Him and Dude. like Andrew Cristal. Yeah. It's just interesting guys. Um so yeah, I, I'm super excited, obviously. But I, I kinda want to quickly go over um Pronman speaking of Pron, I wanted to go quickly over his mock draft because last year he was kind of the first guy that put uh, Shane Wright at four. He's kinda he uses his mock draft as a little bit of what he thinks and what he kind of hears. So kind of like not full Bob McKenzie, but uh, pretty close. So I kind of wanted to go through it and I know you read some of it, but uh, without going any like super into detail, I'll kind of go over the Red Wings picks. Cause again, it is a paywall. So I think it's kind of cruddy if I just like read pick for pick what's going on. It's kind of just to cover the Red Wings picks and your thoughts on them. Uh, Dalbor Dvorsky at nine. I mean, obviously, we just talked about him for a really long time as being our probably one of our preferred picks. Um, big, big thing here. But in his write up, he kind of puts up Dvorsky, Danielson, uh, Willander, and Hanzik. I'll strike him as Detroit types. And he also notes if Mitchkov passed Washington, he thinks the Red Wings would pull the trigger. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree with that. I think Dvorsky, like I said, he's one of my favorite picks at nine. Um, I think he's really fitting to the team build. I compete level is kind of what he really notes as being a Detroit trait and something they think he thinks they really value, which is true. It's true. Um, and then the other pick was Zach Benson at 17, which if Zach Benson fell to like seven, first of all, he fell past like 12. I would be banging the table for him to trade back up to get him. I, first of all. I don't think he would trade up to get him, but I would be banging the table for it. But yeah, no, Bigs and if Zach, if this happened on draft day and Zach Benson was drafted at seventeen, I would lose my mind. I would be so happy. And he also adds like he thinks like Barlow and Simashev are also guys there. We, the guy Barlow isn't really a guy we talked about. I'm not a big Barlow guy personally. I think he's a one dimensional player that I don't know how that's going to work out. He also Zach, shoots from dis. He also scores a lot of goals from distance, and that's not. He reminds great... me of Phil Zadina. Ooh. I have nightmares of Philip Zanina. Especially when like Oliver Moore is also below like Benson and stuff. I like I think Oliver Moore does fit Detroit's type considering how competitive he is and his two-way ability. Again, it's not I, just I, I would be really happy with Oliver Moore at 17. Yeah. I don't know that I would be really happy with him at nine. I like Oliver Moore, but I don't know that. Right. I might be biting my tongue in a couple years about how good he is. Maybe. And again, I, I get it. I mean, it's really the draft is super hard this year, especially is like there's so many guys I really like. So I feel like way more confident in Detroit's picking me too, or who I'm going to like, because last year I was like kind of like at the end, I'm like, give me Casper, give me death. Like I was like really big on Casper at, on on at the, on draft. I wanted a left handed defenseman last year. <laughs> I actually I, I didn't want a left handed defenseman. I thought they were going to pick a left handed defenseman. I should was be- even uh, it was like Min- Michikov and who else was even there? Like I'm trying to think uh, of left handed D. Oh my god, why can't I think of his name? 
Chicago. Or Kuczynski, Kuczynski, yeah. I thought I thought the Raiders were a pick Korchinski, but he went up. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I, I'm, I'll die on the cliff that they were going to pick Korchinski if he was there. <laughs> and you know, it turned out to be okay. Like Korchinski's a really good player. He and, is so good. He's a good player. So I mean, so is Minchikov too. Minchikov's also good. Would've been fine if we picked a left-handed defenseman. Would've been okay out of those two guys. We would have been all right. But no, Marco Casper definitely fills a need that's very much needed. So yeah, yes. obviously super excited for the draft, and we're gonna do more on that. We'll do our um, I guess a good time to announce it now. At some point, we'll do our um, our full uh, not full mock draft, probably like top blue top seventeen uh mock draft with uh our good friends Carson Gates and Ryan Fugue, which was one of my favorite episodes we ever did last year, and we'll be doing that ahead of the draft, probably the week of the draft. I think that would be a good episode. So yeah, well, depending on what kind of news, maybe like we'll do like a Bob McKenzie ranking review or something like that. Since it's not a paywall article, I don't feel as bad of reading it verbatim. But yeah, some stuff there. But uh, obviously, Red Wings have plenty to be excited about. Um, let's do the playoffs. Kind of finish up on that quickly. Um, I did kind of love that Jamie, Jamie Ben went over over four in the conference finals. He just continues, continues to suck. So good on him. I did have future bets on Dallas, but I was at the end. I'm like, you know what? I hate Jamie Ben, so we'll root against him. We'll root never, against him. I would never root against my futures bets, but I, I didn't hate seeing Jamie Ben lose all four games and Dallas win two without him. That was pretty good. That I just like good. most of Dallas's players. Yeah. And I, I thought it was awesome that they won without him. Yeah, they need like they they're only a few pieces away. I really love Dallas. Their team. defense is really bad. They need to get rid of Ryan Suter. They have I would two, suggest... two defensemen that I like. Heiskanen and uh, who? Harley. Oh yeah, duh. duh. Harley's That's a great. freak. He's good. Um, Andy will not stand for this Colin Miller erasure in his absence. I don't like that they kept scratching Millsy. Not gonna lie, he's a he's fine player. Worse than Suter. You're telling me that if you throw Millsy with Heiskin instead of Suter, you're gonna do worse. That was the pairing most of the year. Suter's terrible. Oh, he's awful. He needs to be bought out. It's for sure. And he also sucks in the locker room, according to Minnesota. Yeah. And also Jason Arnett in Nashville also said he sucked and was full of himself. So I mean, there's two locker rooms right there. And that's when Jason Arnett was old when Suter was like yeah. in Nashville. And yeah. Suter went young. That's yep. pretty telling when a guy's that young and he sucks in the locker room. Yep, exactly. So I don't know. The I'm not. A, uh, they have plenty of assets too. Like they still have Maverick Bork and Stankovin to like make the team. Honestly, you think about it. You trade one. You trade one of them in a package for like a defenseman. They're sad. Oh my gosh, I don't. And I'm, think not, and I'm, get, and I'm not. I don't suggest- think you want to get rid of Stankovin at all. I I I know because who I'm not, knows like, what he's gonna become. He could be. A, he could become a monster. He also like again, Wad Johnston's year too. He's so good. He's very, very. But they good. have everything, and like, there's rumors now like they might keep Max Domi. Max Domi fit in really well there. So I mean, I mean, I'm not against it, especially if he's playing like more of a third line role in the future. Like, does I Logan Stankovan make the team next year? And I think so. I'd like to think. So. I'd like to think so. He's been way too stupid in the WHL. Because I don't know. Does he? Can he play in the AHL next year? I think so. Uh huh. Maybe they, maybe they start him in the AHL just because of his size. I know, like I don't know how much like it'll take. Maybe he's like kind of like a half on, half off kind of thing. He's he's too stupid. They're just gonna start him right in the. I mean, that'd be awesome. I'm he's a big a fan. Freak. I'm a big Maverick Bork guy too. I like Maverick Bork a lot too. So, you know, there's two guys right there that can fill in. Um, but yeah, no Vegas winning. Uh, they're they're an interesting team this year. I like I like some of their pieces. Aiden Hill's playing really well. Um. And then obviously the East kind of finished up there. Florida knocked off Carolina. Carolina has some interesting decisions. There's a lot of rumors coming out of there. Another guy like sounds like Tara Vina might get moved as a potential like cap. They don't really need him. I don't really need him either. Maybe another like throw him on like the Arvidsson list for like the Red Wings in terms of like sneaky additions. Like that would help the Red Wings. I think so. I guess a sneaky addition. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't. Think he wouldn't be as high on my list as Arvidsson, but. 
No, but like he's a. I mean, if you look at his his whole tenure in Carolina, aside from like his injury riddled seasons, he's a sixty point guy. Yeah, he's a good, really good playmaker. I mean, obviously the Red Wings need a score, but like you can set up goals, still pretty decent, right? Yeah. But uh, no, they have some interesting decisions. But yeah, Florida versus Vegas, such a. I'm honestly, I'm, I'm kind of high. I, I said, I said, I was, I, w- I was gonna go the other way for my betting. But I said this would be the fun series, and this is the fun series in terms of storylines and stuff like that. Because you get the Jonathan Marshall, so Riley Smith versus Florida, which is kind of fun. Yeah, you get a, you get all the uh, two teams who have not won, but both have been in the Stanley Cup final. Matthew Kachuk continues to be really fun. Um, what are your thoughts? Like, who who are you picking? I'm taking Vegas, but. This series kind of stumped me a little bit, not going to lie. I think this is going to be a really good series. The kind of the way I kind of worded it while the Western Conference Final was still going on was I think if Dallas ends up pulling it out, Florida's going to wipe the floor with Dallas. <laughs> and then if Vegas wins, I think it's going to be a hard-fought Vegas win. Vegas yeah. just plays a similar style to Florida, and they do it better. In my opinion, and they're deeper on the back end. I think the back end so important. They're deep in the back end. Honestly, offense though, I give Florida the advantage. Their I give Florida the advantage too, but like each team has like the couple players on offense that have kind of been like unsung heroes. Like you got like Sam Reinhardt on Florida, then very good for Haggy on Florida. Then you got Barbashev. You got Chandler Stevenson. Like you've got pieces on both sides that have been so like Marsha. So, oh, he's been great. He's been fantastic. What are the names we talked about? Stone, Eichel, Kachuk, Barkov. But really, it goes Brosky. on. How I'm talking about forwards though. Oh, like, yeah. how good is your depth scoring? Like, if you can have Marsha stay that hot, if Barbashev, if Barbashev can stay that hot. And then, like, Chandler Stevenson's been a menace. He's so good. And then you have... Like, also, uh, that fourth line was contributing for Vegas in the last game, too. Will William Carrier, uh, <laughs> Keegan Colesar action? Yes. I actually Sorry. think... You know who's actually gotten way better since he went to Vegas? Brett Howden. Yeah. He's, like, low-key, like, a middle six player now. You're like, oh, you're like, okay, sure, you can play on the line with Chandler Stevenson and Mark What's Stone. What's up with them, like, turning into players like that into, like... Yeah, also, like, Mike Amadio was, like, like, fine. Yes, Paul Cotter. Yeah. He's a scratch right now, but him and... Did you see the video of Phil in I also, the locker I also, room? I also played against him. Did you see the video of Phil in the locker room after no. the series is over? What was it? I forgot. It was Chandler Stevenson just going by him, and Phil had this giant grin on his face, and Chandler Stevenson was just petting his bald spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh phil kessel it's so weird uh, I, it's so weird he's barely played in playoffs right it is kind of it's weird and kind of i hate it but it's really good to see him smiling about it though and yeah. like happy for his team he yep. looked genuinely so excited for the boys so shows what yep. a good guy he is definitely yeah no, he's he's a good dude um personally i think i'm gonna go vegas as well i kind of the same reasons i like yeah. their defense a lot more my big question mark is Bob. And also, I hate when teams have too much time heading into a new series. I hate that, too. Like, it's always good. Like, wow, they got you swept. But also, it's kind of like, ooh, yeah, about a long We've been break. hanging out doing nothing for so long now. Yeah, not nothing. But, I mean, obviously, it's like game actions is so hard I also think this 11-1 run or whatever they're on right now, it's a little too much right now. <laughs> they feel like the team of Destiny, and I bet against them literally every series me too so, like i feel bad of like picking against them <laughs> and honestly like i i, I can see this be a really close series and like i don't really i'm not i don't, I don't feel shame of being like i'm picking against them but to be fair i bet against vegas every single series too i did not i actually first. have i've bet against them i haven't bet bet against them but in my bracket challenge i had winnipeg i had edmonton and then i had uh dallas so, I had I actually had Vegas winning. I had them go to the conference finals. I nailed the conference finals actually in my bracket. I picked Dallas and Vegas in the final in the conference finals. But I actually forgot I, you. I knew you had that. 
but every, everything else like kind of leading up to it other than those two teams were kind of wrong my east was horrible i think oh, I my, had, east, my east sucked i had new york and toronto being in the conference i also I had i had the rangers in toronto then i had i had dallas and edmonton so we yeah. just we basically flip-flopped those for vegas mm-hmm. and edmonton yep yep but yeah no I, i'm yeah i'm in vegas but uh Con Smythe winner kind of just feel like Bob, doesn't it? If if like if Florida wins, I should I should if say. Florida wins, it has to be Bob. That's if the Vegas only way wins. they're gonna win too. If Vegas if... wins, who is it? I, I actually think that I think that was interesting. I think you there's a good like chance Marsh, you could go like Marsh or so. It depends. I think this one totally depends on how the series goes. I think it's whoever has a big series, like one, whoever, the, whichever one of the top guys. I would say the leading candidates right now are Eichel, Marsh, or so. Basically, and I'd say Aiden Hill. Has, Aiden Hill, if he has a huge series too, I know he took over late, but technically, like, still could end up being the MVP. He had a hell of a series last series against Dallas. Yep. Yes, he did. Leads the playoffs in save percentage right now. Yeah, he played Ottinger. He did all play Ottinger. That's right. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, the Red Wings' backup contingent plan in the free agency is uh, going to be a starter next year. Yeah. <laughs> wherever he goes likely i think he probably just stays in vegas to be honest but yeah, on logan thompson what happens to robin leonard lti lti island or whatever whatever they want to do with him yeah hopefully he's doing better i don't even know how well, that I mean, this progress story with his bankruptcy or whatever that oh was a, i forgot thing. about that yeah so i mean uh, hopefully again hopefully he's all right i know he's someone who obviously struggled with mental health and how everything's all good there he was a really good goalie was a really good goalie. That's that's not a not a probably still fact. A, probably I mean still is. Yeah. So I again I don't want to speculate too much on where he's at, but yeah, I know it's really interesting. But if I'm Vegas, I'd probably try to keep Aiden Hill. I, I have that. Too. Obviously, looking a little too far ahead, but yeah, finals coming up. Pretty exciting stuff. Um, that's gonna do it for this one. Um, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, make sure to check out our website. Uh. The production line podcast, productionlinepod.com, excuse me. Subscribe on Apple Pod, follow on Twitter. Um, I keep saying it. I think uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to the, get the YouTube content going. So this one will probably be a, an archived one that gets up late, but uh, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Maybe an article next couple of days, depending on how I'm feeling. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Yeah.